Hey guys, what's up? This is Chris Chavez, co-host of History Creeps, Hardly Kayfabe, and Chris and Anthony Just Can't Stop. Normally, you'd hear a bumper for the network right about now. Instead, I wanted to take a moment to ask a favor. If you've ever listened to many of our shows on the network, you've heard us talk about a place that has quickly established itself as a staple of downtown Buffalo over the past couple of years. Mizuta Chow's is a Japanese-themed bar-slash-restaurant-slash-retro-80s arcade that features amazing Japanese-inspired street food, top-shelf drinks, and a glittery pink staircase that has become one of Buffalo's most popular Instagram selfie destinations. Like many other establishments around the country, Mizuta Chow's was forced to shut their doors and lay off their staff when the COVID pandemic hit. At first, they didn't let that stop them from helping the community. For weeks, Johnny Chow and his partner Christy, along with a number of other Chow's employees, worked to feed essential workers on the front lines treating those affected by the virus. They organized pop-up drive through grocery supply stores for anyone who needed essential items. The crew at Mizuta Chow's has worked tirelessly to support the community during this rough time. Now, we here at the network want to help show our appreciation for an establishment that has proven what it means to be a neighbor in the 716. Recently, a GoFundMe was set up to try to raise money to help Mizuta Chow's pay employees, bills, and ensure that when it's safe to, they can open their doors to the good people of Buffalo and Western New York. I know things are rough everywhere, but if you are able to, please consider donating to the Mizuta Chow's Relief Fund on GoFundMe. Every bit helps. You can also find a link at bicbp-radio.com. Thanks for listening and supporting the network. Now on with your show. Pop. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by my good friend and pal, Mr. Matt Johnson. Well, uh, uh, that is one big, big pile of. Sh- I'm not going to swear on this show. What is up, Johnny? Welcome to another episode of Retro Pop. I am so excited for today's episode. Uh, you have no clue. No clue. Um,. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I'm loose. I'm ready to go. I got my new laptop. I told you before. Uh, I'm in the. Yeah, bragging. I know. It's it's uh it's (laughs) it's been a long time coming. Let's just say that. So I'm in a good mood. I'm ready to talk some dinosaurs and Ian Malcolm and and all and Dr. John Hammond and and all that jazz. I'm ready for it, baby. I'm ready. Yeah. So as you as uh, man is alluding to, we are stepping into the world of Jurassic park today we're going to discuss the books the movies uh, and all that in between so please join us on this journey uh, to jurassic park and we're going to start this with our own personal history of jurassic park and slash world (laughs) dr grant my dear dr sattler welcome to jurassic park They do move in herds. 
can't you do this? I'll show you. All right, Matt. So it sounds like me and you both have a deep love for these movies. Uh, I definitely remember the movie coming out in 93. 100% remember this. Um, it was huge. Uh, I, as a kid, loved dinosaurs. I think that's nothing new or special to me. So many kids love dinosaurs when they're little. Uh, but I still to this day love dinosaurs. They're just fascinating to me. And the fact is that, that there was a movie coming out that looked so freaking cool. You know, the trailers were just, you just kept seeing them on TV. And I was like, I have to see this. And I was also kind of scared to see it at the same time because I was right at the age where, um, you know, like scary movies I still didn't really want to see. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. I, so I was kind of torn on it. Like, I really wanted, to, I, rem- I remember very well that my aunt wanted to take me to see it in a theater and I kept making excuses uh, for the longest time because I was, I was I didn't want to admit that I was afraid to see it but then when I finally saw it it was, literally became one of my all time favorite movies to this day uh, and opened that whole world and I've legit loved every movie that's coming out even the ones that were not as good but I still liked them uh, but yeah I love dinosaurs uh, and then it got me to the point where I checked out the two books from the library and read, and I sped read through those. And those are some thick books, so that's saying something for me. Oh yeah, uh, that, I, that I love them <laughs> so much. Uh, but yeah, I love this world of Jurassic Park. It was really huge to me, and I think if I'm being, I mean, even though the other big movie that I'd seen when I was little was uh, Star Wars: Return of the Jedi, I think that and Jurassic Park, if I'm being, if I'm really thinking about it, are the two movies that really when I was young, really made me love movies. Uh, those okay. two movies right there did it for me. And, uh, man, and it's, I don't know, I can't speak as much love as I want to say about this these movies. I, you know, and I also, if you ask me, one of the best villains ever in movies is the Velociraptor. So, uh, <laughs> those things were wicked cool. Whatever That, that became my favorite dinosaur, even though for one of it, if you want to get weird and technical, this is in my did you knows. It's not really Velociraptor that's on the screen there. But, uh, you know, that's what they called them in the movies. And uh, they became my favorites were those Velociraptors because they were so cool. I mean, they freaking opened a door, Matt. I know. That was <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. Uh, yeah, they did. it is weird to think that, uh, that, that they were, like, the biggest heels in and then they made yes. a nice little face turn. They made they made a nice little face turn, but that was the main event. Like yeah. once you got to the once you got to the Velociraptors in the movie, you're like, okay, we're starting to come down a little bit. This we're getting towards the end. They were the main eventers. Devil devil devilishly, wonderfully done. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot with a lot of young kids, maybe maybe boys more so than girls. Maybe I don't know. Uh, there is a fascination with dinosaurs, and I had one too that was. Um, and my parents were very protective over what I watched, understandably so. So it took me a while till I got to see uh, some of the Jurassic Park movies. To be honest with you, uh, Jurassic Park is the same with like my, my thing with Resident Evil. I always play, play the later games before I came back to the originals. My first Jurassic Park movie um, that I owned, I watched the, the first one uh, prior, but the first one that I owned was Jurassic Park 3. I got that for Easter uh, one year. And I was like, okay, all right, it's not so bad. I thought that was the greatest thing at that time. Spinosaurus, everything, great thing. And I eventually worked my way back and, and, and seen. I've seen everything since. Uh, but 
man, what a what a movie franchise. It's epic beyond proportions. Very imaginative. Even I know we're going to talk about the books, but uh, it's it's got its own spin on everything, and it's really really wonderful. Uh, Love the characters. Love the way that the dinosaurs were brought to life. Uh, I used to have some of the toys when I was younger. They're a little ridiculous, but um, oh, yeah. I had some of the toys, the video games, and quite honestly, my favorite part of well, okay, I can't say it's my favorite, but why I like Universal Studios so much, Islands of Adventure, is a big part of that is because of Jurassic Park, their little land area there. Uh, they have the full gates. They have the water ride, the merchandise store. It's just like this entire area dedicated. Yeah, they got uh, a raptor. Towards... Yeah, they got a legit raptor. It's so cool. Um, the water ride's amazing. It's 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 amazing. Uh, I haven't been back in, in quite some time. Probably I haven't. I don't think I've been back since Jurassic World came out. But I heard they were making some updates to it. But uh, man, Jurassic Park is fantastic, man. Um, I have this, and probably one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated with it is I love, like, abandoned things. And I did tell you last... I think I told you last week. I told you before. Lost World is my favorite. I'm going to get in my little spiel right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it, me. It's kind Sell of a spiel. Kind of, all right. Lost World is my absolute favorite uh, of the movies because of the abandonment in everything. You yeah. have some of the best characters. You got Jeff Goldblum in there. All right. Uh, you got a young Vince Vaughn. Okay. Yes, yep. Uh that Roland Tembo guy, I forgot what the actor's name was. He's pretty sweet. It was the best of everything. It was the best of everything. You go in, you're just kind of photo document some dinosaurs, and it turns into this big survival thing where a bunch of people who are trained, trained for hunting and gunfire and all that stuff, they're outmatched. They get, they get eaten up by, oh, by man, dinosaurs. Yeah. They get just think of the scene, the raptors, just, the T-Rex. Yeah. Just think of the scene where they're trying to run through the field and you can't see the raptors and they're just pulling them out, you know, under the under the oh, yeah. brushes and stuff. Stay That's out terrifying. Of the long grass. <laughs> Stay out of the yeah. long grass. <laughs> yeah, I, terrifying. I reference that scene every time because when my dog takes his morning poo, he likes to go in tall grass. So <laughs> I have to. I use that. I, I like legit quote for quote. Stay out, of the, stay out of the tall grass or the longer, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, I, I have to use that to try and coax. I, I constantly say, "Hold on to your butts," because of Samuel Jackson <laughs> in the first one. And that's great stuff, you know. Yeah. It, it's 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 weird seeing that, like seeing that movie and thinking of, uh, like Sam Jackson. He's a pretty big character, but a little bit lower tier, if you get what I'm saying. Um, yeah. He's not like the main player of the movie, but. Um, yeah, I, Lost World, best one in my opinion. I love when they go visit the abandoned, um, you know, workers' compound and all that stuff. Uh, you get to see a lot of cool aspects of the park. And um, yeah, I think I I'm, think Lost World is my second favorite. I just love the first one so much because that's the first one I saw. Oh but, yeah, but I do love the second one quite a lot. I think it's kind of underrated. Uh, it's oh, got it's a lot of really cool parts to it. I mean, heck, you got Good a freaking T Rex walking around the city for crying out loud. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. No, there was a lot of good aspects. I think, like, uh, I was thinking just recently, it's probably my favorite cast of characters in all the movies. Like, I, like that Roland dude was pretty cool. He was pretty cool. He was a man's man. Uh, yeah. He was pretty, he was, I watched him delete scenes. It was really cool. Just so many aspects. You're dealing with the fallout of it. But, yeah, you're, for, as a viewer, you're watching this Isla Sorna, which nobody in that movie, aside from, 
John Hammond uh, knows what happened there. And it was it created such a like suspense. Like that's why again another Resident Evil reference. I love the abandonment in Resident Evil games, especially the early ones, because I'm curious as to what went on in a lot of those places before everything went to crap. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. You know, there's a you know there's a history there. And oh yeah, discovering yeah. that history is kind of like you know, a way of, uh, it's very interesting to me. I get caught up in those YouTube videos of people just <laughs> exploring abandoned things too. Yeah. But so, yeah, I know what you mean. And also, I mean, I should have added this earlier. I mean, the first Jurassic Park came out at the perfect time for my age where, uh, I would have been 10 years old and literally when I finally saw the movie, I loved it so much. I used to run around outside pretending to be a velociraptor. So, and then I was very sad when I realized that's not real. I'm not a Velociraptor. <laughs> so, uh, perfect. Uh, I freaking love those movies. I even love the Jurassic World films. I don't think they're as good as the first two original ones, but they're still really fun. Um, and I've even seen the, they had a short film come out not too long ago. That was really, really good too. Uh, but oh yeah, with them out the yeah, with them out the, the the family that was out camping or whatever it was. Yeah, it was creepy. Yeah. It was cool, cool though. Yeah, uh, very exciting stuff. And of course, we got another one on the way uh, with this current pandemic. It's probably being pushed back a little bit, I would assume. But yeah, I think um, it's moved to twenty twenty one. But yeah, yeah. All right, so you ready to get into the history of Jurassic Park? Let's do it. Let's go. On June eleventh. Universal Pictures invites you hey, look at this. to discover the wonder. Can I touch it? Sure. Experience the power. You feel that? And live an adventure 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. Starts Friday, June 11th at theaters everywhere. All right, of course, you can't talk about Jurassic Park without talking about Michael Creighton. Um, I believe that's how it's pronounced. I always pronounced his name very terribly wrong when I was younger. I used to always say Crichton because that's how yeah. it looks. Uh, but that's not how you pronounce it, apparently. it's. I think I believe it's Creighton from everything I've seen. Uh, man, I really, because of Jurassic Park, he actually became one of my favorite authors. I would go back and read all these books uh, from the uh, Jurassic Park to Congo. I mean, there's all kinds of them that I read. Uh, and they're really good. They're very exciting books. Uh, but actually, in 1989, in October, he was actually working on a screenplay for the TV show ER, uh, which, uh, for the younger people who are listening to this, ER was huge. It became a huge hit show. Um, I think it's where George Clooney kind of got big at, wasn't it? I, I think it was. so. He had a couple like sporadic appearances. I, I caught him in, uh, in an early episode of Golden Girls, but ER, I think, was his big first big role. Yeah. yeah, like he was actually a part of the cast on it, I believe. Yeah. Um, it, was, it wasn't really a show I watched, but I do know it's huge at the time. Um, and ha- and also, another person who was kind of behind the scenes of ER was Steven Spielberg. So, of course, we all know who that is, and, and we will, I promise you, we will have an episode just on Steven oh, Spielberg. Sure. We have to. He's one of my all-time favorites. Uh, so many movies he's done that I've, I absolutely love. But apparently... Uh, Creighton had been working on this script about dinosaurs for a while. Well, this book about dinosaurs for a while. I mean, kind of uh, going over it in his head. He hadn't re- actually written it all out yet, but he was running it, the idea by, uh, you know, by Steven Spielberg. Like he wanted to write a book about a dinosaur theme park, basically. You know, and all the things that could go wrong, of course, because that's kind of uh, 
Creighton's kind of deal when it comes to his books. They're all really suspenseful like that. Uh, and Spielberg loved the idea of that. And so because just that little idea being planted, Warner Brothers, Columbia Pictures, 20th Century Fox, and Universal, these are all huge movie studios, uh, all actually would begin a bidding war on the rights to the book. And this is before the book was even finished and published. That says something. It, I mean, it, it is. It is, man. It's such an amazing concept when you just hear that idea. It's, it's the perfect setup. And it, it just, to me... You know, obviously, we all know Universal won, um, but to me, man, it's just it, that's just like peak Universal in like the '80s and '90s. Like that, it just fits right up their alley. Yeah. Uh, when I think of Universal Studios, I think of movies like Jurassic Park and, and stuff. It just fits in with their entire MO. So, um, yeah, crazy. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah, all those other definitely. places were bidding for it too. That's that makes it that much oh, more yeah, impressive. Oh yeah, all at the same time. That's, that's well, you also got to remember, this is when Spielberg was kind of at his height, too, in the early 90s here. He was a humongous deal by then already. I mean, they obviously, he'd already done Jaws, but, you know, Indiana Jones. E.T. And, and all kinds of other E.T. Yeah, so he was a big name. Um, and he's also behind a lot of TV stuff now, too, like ER, like we said before. So his name carried weight now. So if he's saying, hey, I like the sound of this this book, we should option the movie rights, it's going to get around. And that's what happened. Uh, and what's fascinating to me is, could you imagine the pressure, like if you're creating the pressure on you for this book because you haven't even published it yet, but all these big movie studios are like, hey, uh, you know, we kind of want the rights to this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, I don't know how many books like Michael Creighton is at, you know, written uh, or anything, but that does add a immense, uh, immense amount of pressure. Uh, you know, it's, it's like, how, how does somebody find out about this? Like, how yeah. is this chain of command? How is this book that I'm writing in private becoming <laughs> accessible in, in in public knowledge to all these big time movie companies? It's it's um it's pretty mind boggling and almost a little overwhelming. But at the same time, he's got to be like, ooh, counting that that bankroll, getting all ready to go. Oh yeah, he did well. He, oh, he did sure. well for himself because it's Jurassic Park, obviously. But uh, you know, he's behind a lot of TV shows. He did a lot of other big movies too. Uh, I even loved Congo. I'm just going to throw that out. They even loved that movie and book. Uh, he um, he would sadly pass away in 08, but um, definitely I would say, we'll get to it later on, but his legacy definitely is still out there. Uh, so in 1990, of course, as you alluded to, Universal and Spielberg's emblem uh, entertainment got the rights to Jurassic Park. So by then, uh, now the book has come out, and we'll touch on the books here in a little bit, so all you people who are like, the book is better than the movie, Hold on, we'll get to it, I promise. Um, so now it's script time. we got to write a script. We've got to adapt a script from this book. And that's when uh, uh, Creighton and, uh, if I can pronounce his name right, uh, Maleo Scotch-Morma and David uh, Coep were all a part of the script writing process. They all went through a pass of it. Uh, David Coep is the one who wrote the final script. He's also the one, because if you read the book, and I'm going to go through, we're going to do a whole part where the differences between the book and the movie, but um, the book is way bloodier. <laughs> oh, really? It's, uh, and, oh yeah. And uh, Coep took a lot of that out. So he really kind of cleaned it up to make it PG-13. And uh, that's kind of how the movie came about. And Universal at this time, too, it's really important to note, was kind of in uh, a financial trouble situation here. So they were really taking a big shot on this movie. They needed a hit bad. They were kind of hurting a little bit financially. 
and they paid a lot of money up front on this film, especially, you know, to Creighton, he got a lot of money for this. He then got even more money to do a script run on it. So they were taking a, you know, they were taking a real risk here. But of course, we all know, spoiler alert, it, it worked out for them. Uh, so 1993, and we'll get into, actually, let's get into it now, the making of the first Jurassic Park. I've watched so many of these, how did this, how was this made type thing on this movie. Jurassic Park in 93 uh, was became really renowned for its special effects. They did a combo of puppetry and animatronics and CG. But you can't really tell it if you're watching it. Like even I think it still holds up now. Oh, it's incredibly uh, well done. Yeah, the, the CGI is good. And then the fact that they did the animatronics was... I mean, that was a Spielberg thing to do but I mean it looked and behaved naturally it was so well done so well done uh, I still get terrified uh, yeah. by the you know some of the some of the scenes uh, especially the t- the first T-Rex one that was like it, it still haunts my dreams oh, yeah. tonight, to this day funny story it's a little side story my uncle and aunt took my my cousin Nico to it when he was like two years old and I don't think I don't know if he's ever seen a Jurassic Park movie since <laughs> <laughs> They're a little bit more lax on who sees what uh, and seeing movies, and it yeah. scarred him for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, two years old is probably a little young for yeah, that. Just a smidge, <laughs> just a <smidge. laughs> yeah, just uh, smidge. But yeah, um, speaking of that first T Rex scene, it was actually very difficult for them to shoot, and was sort of a, a catalyst for why they went with a lot of CG as well, because that T Rex was actually a giant animatronic they had made. It was really impressive. I mean, it looks really awesome. However, they were shooting this whole thing in Hawaii. It's where they shot most of them film. And they were getting some major downpours. And for this scene, they wanted to rain anyway, right? Because it's a rainy scene when you first kind of see. Because the hurricane's hitting the island and all this stuff during this first film. And uh, it's making this animatronic wet. And it actually weighed it down. And it got really out of control. They couldn't. It was kind of messing with its, uh, its you know, electronics and stuff. And it became a giant headache. Sort of like, a, you know, which you would think Spielberg after, if you know the Jaws story, the the shark itself was a giant headache too, so you would think he would Oh, yeah. This. I mean, that's but, just water. One, it's in the damn water, so you would think. That's that's Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was a giant issue dealing with this, but yeah, Jurassic Park became one of the first movies to really use CGI uh, in a more modern way and kind of really was a giant uh, springboard for other films to kind of follow suit. I mean, of course, we had uh, early CGI before it, but it really took it to another level. <clears throat> and was pretty much, because he wanted, Spielberg also wanted the dinosaurs to look as realistic as he felt they should look. And, you know, adding some CGI elements to it really helped in that aspect. And we'll get into later in my Did You Knows some really fun facts about more of the CGI stuff. Uh, but, of course, uh, the movie's finally made. Uh, they had a lot of hardships, which we'll also cover later in my Did You Knows while filming this movie. Uh, in Hawaii, which, you know, you first you're like, Hawaii? I mean, that sounds like, who wouldn't want to go to Hawaii? Uh, sounds awesome, but it wasn't always uh, so peachy keen for them. Uh, so, 1993, Jurassic Park comes out. It's a landmark for CGI and was a humongous smash hit. It broke a lot of records. Um, it, it made a ton of money for Universal, kind of saved them. I remember, and I, I'm sure you remember this too, man. I remember one of my favorite things was McDonald's had a promotion. For Jurassic yeah. Park, and you can get these really cool cups. Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> and uh, 
And your boy Johnny was all about getting some of those cool cups. So. <laughs> I miss the cool cup era of McDonald's. I miss that that era. Uh, I do too, man. They had some awesome. Remember the ones. Batman ones? And, you know McDonald's. Remember the Batman, gla- the, yes. the see through. Gla- those were yep. good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, yeah. I I I love them. Uh, I think the latest one they ever do it was, I think Burger King did some for that one of the Star Trek movies, and I still have those. Okay. Uh, no, they're probably not even worth anything, but I just love them, so <laughs> I have them up in my room somewhere. Uh, but yeah, so it was a humongous hit. Uh, and of course, if something's a huge hit, what are we going to want to talk about? A sequel. Uh, and this is where we're getting into Matt's territory here, his favorite movie, uh, one of his favorite movies of all time. <laughs> but So Creighton was very pressured. He was, he was a lot of pressure on him, even more so than the first one, to write a sequel to Jurassic Park. So... Uh, he starts writing the Lost World, and again, like the first movie, uh, he sold its rights uh, well before it was published. So it's two book, uh, two books in a row that he'd already sold the movie rights to before he'd actually had them come out. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, that's not too shabby. Not too shabby at all. That's yeah. that's a lot of writing. That's a lot of writing and, and and planning and so yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, for this one, a lot of the cast comes back. We'll get to some of the casting. In my did you knows as well. That's why I'm kind of alluding, going, kind of going over it. But a lot of iconic characters in the first two movies, especially, uh, you know, uh, Ian Malcolm, of course. How do you not like Goldblum? I mean, this was quintessential Goldblum here. But these movies, that's the movies that introduced me to him, uh, and I became he became one of my favorites just from these movies. So I, you know, uh, man, how incredible are these movies because you know life it uh it, uh, it finds a way <laughs> and uh man and also these two movies especially too were really big on the science behind dinosaurs and stuff uh and they to me even though i'm sure it's not this easy the the way they were saying that they could clone dinosaurs just made sense to me <laughs> uh it just worked for me even though i know it's it's absolutely not that simple <laughs> i guarantee it but uh yeah, so, um, and one could argue that the dinosaurs in all these movies aren't really, I mean, even though I said the Velociraptors are the villains, uh, they're not really the villains, they're just being dinosaurs, that's just who being they animals. are, they're just yep. animals, yeah, and the people are more so the villains than anything, uh, but yeah, the second one, let's kind of get into it a little bit, and it was released in 1997, of course it also is a huge hit, I was... Crazy excited for this one when it was coming out. I remember uh, when the tr- I would watch the trailer for it over and over and over again, which was hard to do because it wasn't like it was, you know, this was uh, when internet was kind of uh, in its inf- infamacy. Uh, it was very early on for it. Uh, not everybody had internet in their house. This was like AOL, you know, type stuff <laughs> going on uh, in 97. I don't remember when my family got a computer with internet, uh, but... Yeah, this was when, like, if you wanted a picture, uh, you wanted to print it or download it, it would take an hour <laughs> just for one picture. Oh, yeah. I remember those days, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, if you want to see this really attractive woman, it taken a long time to see her on the internet. <laughs> the old, uh, not the that old, I ever the old that. Printing, printing paper. Oh, man. Yep. <laughs> like a, oh, it's so good. Those are the best of times. Best yeah. of times. Yep. Uh, so... It comes out. It's also a huge hit. Uh, you know, 
Man, I'm going to have to agree with you. It's not my favorite Jurassic Park. It's always the first one, but I truly do love it. There's so many things that this movie, I think, does that are a lot of fun. I mean, when you're a kid, who doesn't have this imagination of, like, a dinosaur just running through a city? You know, that just sounds cool. (laughs) I mean, I I always loved those Godzilla films when I was a kid, too, so this was right up my alley, Uh, uh, you know, of some giant monster running through a city and people trying to get out of its way and screaming and just running amok. And, you know, really the T-Rex, it wasn't its fault. It would, it was kind of brought there. Uh, it wanted its baby. It was trying to be a good parent, you know, so who could blame it? Honestly it honestly captured, uh, in, in hindsight, it, it kind of captured exactly what a, a dinosaur, how a dinosaur would probably react in the middle of a, a, a big city. You know, they, yeah. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's character, always always made the reference about pulling these monsters out, animals out of time, and and how are they going to react? I think uh, Lord Dern's character, uh, uh, no, not uh, Doctor Sadler, Sadler, um, yeah. she made the reference too. You're pulling these characters out of time, and you're, you're putting them in, in a new one. How are they going to react? Um, and and you put them in a city with moving vehicles and stuff that dinosaurs weren't used to, ever. Um, Ever. And it, I think the dinosaur reacted, like, appropriately. It was very lifelike and surreal, you know, going and eating the dog yeah. and drinking out of the pool and, and just... Uh, that scene right there st- always stands out to me, where, like, that dog, where he's eating the dog and the, the, the doghouse is just hanging from his yeah. mouth. <laughs> I don't know why, but that scene always sticks out to me. I always, like, when I think Lost World, that's one of the first scenes I think of, for whatever reason. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a really good underrated. Let's kind of go through the movies real quick. Uh, so you had Lost World that came out in '97, and then it was about four years in 2001 before the third one would come out. Uh, and of course, from three on out, there's no more novels that go with these movies. There's only two novels that that Creighton wrote. So uh, after this, they're all just kind of uh, just from the same world. So Jurassic Park three comes out. Uh, it I think it's actually it's fairly good. It has uh, each movie they do a good job of kind of spotlighting some new types of dinosaurs and stuff. Uh, and I think this one did a cool job. It really made the pterodactyls really terrifying. So um, what a what a great movie. And the Spinosaurus, like you mentioned before. I mean, I was hardcore into dinosaurs. So when a new dinosaur species was discovered, and they were talking about how this dinosaur is bigger than a T-Rex, you know, my mind was Yeah, and blown. then it beat the T-Rex. Like, it beat see. the T-Rex. I was like, whoa, yeah. power shift here. Like, it was weird seeing the T-Rex yeah. as, like, a secondary character, and the Spinosaurus just destroyed it. Uh, but that was a really cool fight. That was a really cool fight that they had in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then, of course, it would be 14 years uh, before we get another Jurassic Park movie, and that would be Jurassic World, and that's where you got Chris Pratt and, and company running around. Um, and then in 2018, you had Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I think, what do you think of these Jurassic World movies, man? I really enjoy them. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, I can't wait for the next one. And it might just be my nostalgia for dinosaurs that's keeping this alive for me. Because I know some people don't care for them near as much. But I truly enjoy them. I think it's a really fun movie. Really fun movie. As do I. Because, I mean, you see it a lot with, with some movies like that, you know, it's... Like uh, the new Star Wars, right? right? The most recent Star Wars trilogy. It was almost, it was original, but you can almost tell there was a lot of similarities between like Episode Four and Episode Seven. Um, you know, just just concepts, flow of the whole movie, this and that. Um, 
with with Jurassic the Jurassic World movies, I don't know. I've had fun. I've had fun. Like I loved the first Jurassic World movie. There was a lot of good moments in it. There was a, you know, it's it, it'll and why not? Why you know it's as far as a concept as this movie. Why not try this again? We have new technology, new standards. Of course, it, it flubbed up, and we wouldn't have a movie um, if that was the case. But like, I love the nostalgia in the first Jurassic World. Well, like, when the way when they went went back to the old complex, like, can think about this. That was the first time they had did two movies in Isla Sorna, two movies in Isla Sorna. We ha- as viewers haven't seen Isla Nublar since 1993. And to take us back and see the original complex, that was like that was awesome. It was very, very well done. But I do like the way that they are going about it, though, because the first one, yes, it was a little similar to just a teeny tiny bit similar to the first Jurassic Park movie, but they expanded it. There's more people now. Um, the theme park is bigger, and it's been operating for some time. So there's a little different in that direction. Then the most recent one was yeah. really, really well done because – they destroyed um, Isla Nublar, right? So, for spoiler alert, it's gone. Uh, and now they're introducing these animals to the real world. And basically, what I'm what I'm saying is, like they they're doing the the way these newer movies have been done. They're doing things that the um, the characters in the original movies had intended to do, right? First one, they wanted to open up a theme park. Jurassic first Jurassic World, the theme park is open. It's been going on for some time. Jurassic uh, Lost World. They wanted to harvest the animals and bring them to San Diego. They didn't get to do that. Jurassic World 2, they do that, and it, it, it kind of it, it, it opens everything up. Like, I'm really excited for this third one um, and to see what they do with it. Apparently, they're supposed to bring back all the original, like, Alan Grant's supposed to be in here. Uh, Dr. Sadler's going to be in here. They're going to bring supposedly bring back everybody in some form or fashion that's still alive. So, um Awesome. Yeah, it's. I. I think it's great, man. I. I really do. I really do. Yeah, I love all the little all the little nods they do to the previous movies too, and these new ones. Uh, so I'm all for this, and they've set up a world now where dinosaurs are just among us. Uh, so I can't wait to see what that looks like on screen. <laughs> so I'm very excited for the new one. Uh, let's kind of let's kind of get into the differences between the books and yes. the movies. Um. So, of course, uh, this is all. You can find me, these on a bunch of different sites. This is from uh, listafterlist.com is what I'm going from. Um, so, the book's opening chapter, uh, this is the first Jurassic Park movie. Uh, the, that book's first opening chapter describes a young American... Uh, tell me what this sounds like, Matt. You'll know. It describes a young American girl who's on vacation at a beach shore with her family in Central America when she gets attacked by some little dinosaurs. What's that sound like? It sounds like the intro to Lost World. Exactly. Uh, so instead of doing that, they uh, did something else at the beginning of, of course, in the beginning of the first Jurassic Park movie. It's a Velociraptor that they're trying to put into a cage, and it's and the people are having a very a tough time to put it mildly in doing so. So they actually used that opening for the second movie instead, uh, where that little girl she survives somehow, but she gets attacked by, I can never pronounce these little dinosaurs. Com- copies or uh, Compsognathus. Yep. Yeah, they call them copies. That's the easiest way to say it. Uh, the first uh, iteration, uh, Creighton actually titled the book sections as as, uh, as uh, iterations instead of chapters. It was actually made it from a film, like I was saying, meaning that all the characters that are from there, from that chapter actually don't really appear in the movie. Uh, which are some pretty big characters. Uh, in the novel, Dr. Grant is actually a 
guy who really likes children, like he loves kids. But in this movie, it's very apparent that he's either deathly afraid of them or he's just he just doesn't like them. <laughs> it became until the it very led end. It's a very good character growth for him uh, across the movies. Like yeah. very good. It was. Yeah, I kind of like that decision better. It really gives him some growth, like yeah. you were saying. Uh, in the novel, um, hadrosaurs are running near Grant, Lex, and Tim, but in a the film, they're replaced by the Gallimimus. Uh So there was a hadrosaur stampede instead, consisting of um, more dinosaurs that were used in Jurassic Park, the third one. Uh, the characteristics uh, of Lex and Tim as the kids in the first film uh, were different in the film. In the novel, Tim is older and good with computers, and they kind of gave that to Lex in the movie. Uh, and although he's still interested in dinosaurs, while Lex is a young tomboy and interested in sports, in the movie the roles are kind of that's a weird around. change. That's a very it's like was that yeah. really necessary? But I, I I don't know. I guess yeah, it's a very it's a very weird change to make. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Doctor Doctor Henry Wu, who kind of is one of the main characters, who sort of kind of stays around through the Jurassic World movies, even. Uh, and Dr. Jerry Harding both have major roles in the novel, which are reduced to in the movie. Yeah, they're a much bigger deal from what I remember in the, in the books by far. Uh, the entire sequence involving the pterosaur enclosure is dropped from the movie. So there's like there's a whole thing about pterosaurs in, in the book. Uh, but this was used later in Jurassic Park 3. Uh, there's another scene with, Jurassic, with uh, Dr. Grant and the children being chased by the T-Rex down a river on an inflatable raft. That was not used in the movie. That sounds fun, though. Why wasn't it used? It does sound fun. Uh, but they kind of sort of use that sort of thing three. for uh, yeah. for three in a way, but they also use it for the uh, Jurassic Park River Adventure Ride at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, and it was also uh, in the Sega Genesis game, uh, which I love. <laughs> it is good. Uh, and we've, we've, which we've covered on Retro Bliss, uh, just a little little uh, plug there from my other show. In the novel, the tour cars are Toyota Land Cruisers, but in the film, they are Ford Explorers. Uh, in the novel, Nedry dies outside the Jeep. In the film, the Dilophosaurus follows him into the Jeep, and that's a very iconic scene where it spits on him and then eats him. That would have been a cool thing uh, to you know, see. Uh, like if, if, you know how they, like in Jurassic World, they showed the old, the old complex. How cool would have been to show the old Jeep just kind of out and about at, Stuck in the mud, stuck still. in the mud, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. In the novel, uh, Doctor Sattler disembarks from the tour to tend to a sick stegosaurus, and of course, in the movie, it's a triceratops. Uh, in the film, Dennis Nedry is the only character to encounter, let alone get attacked by the Dilophosaurus. Uh, in the novel, the visitors first encounter the the Dilophosaurus in its in its enclosure on the tour, and later, Grant and the kids encounter a pair of them while on the river. It's yeah, this dinosaur is way more in the books than it is in the movie. Uh, it could also be noted that Nedry is the only character in the film series to encounter this dinosaur, as this dinosaur did not appear in the Lost World or the, any other movies since then, I don't think. No, it hasn't. Um, also, no. Yeah, this dinosaur is also in the scientific community. It's kind of a sore spot because a lot of things they took some liberties with on that dinosaur. Uh, <clears throat> the name of the character, John Arnold, was changed to Ray Arnold in the film. Possibly to avoid, confu uh, avoid confusion with the other character, John Hammond. Uh, in the novel, Hammond is killed by compies. Yeah, a lot of characters that, that live in the in the movie actually get killed in the book. Like Hammond's killed by compies after being frightened by a, by a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and he falls down a steep hillside, breaking his ankle. 
uh, in the film, him and his Among the Survivors, who leaves on the helicopter. Uh, Donald Gennaro does not go back to the tour cars after attending to the sixth Stegosaur, uh, or Triceratops in the movie, and therefore is not present for the T-Rex attack. Therefore, he does not die as he does in the movie. Uh, in the novel, John Hammond has more uh, cynical and gritty motivations. He's actually not remotely likable in the book from what I remember. Uh, but in the film, all his negative traits are sort of kind of given to the to the lawyer, to the blood sucking lawyer, <laughs> as he as he calls as uh, Hammond calls him in the spare in the movie. no expense, uh, spare no expense. Yeah, one of my favorite characters in the first movie, uh, Robert Muldoon, yes. the, the game yes. warden, uh, is killed by the Velociraptors. While in the novel, he actually survives the attack by diving into a pipe where the raptors can't follow him, so he actually lives, but he doesn't in in the movie. Uh, in the book, Grant and Sattler are mentor and student, uh, are mentor and a student, uh, a role filled by Billy Brandon in the Jurassic Park three. So they kind of take that role there, but they're not rom- uh, not romantically involved as they are in the movie. Uh, in the book, Doctor Grant learns that some of Jurassic Park's dinosaurs, including T Rex, can see only movement. In the novel, he makes the, his discovery when he freezes during the T Rex attack on the Land Cruiser. So he actually kind of discovers huh. it then. And I'm going to come back to that uh, fact later. Uh, I always like to joke um, that oh, it's a line I use a lot: "Is don't move. He can't. <laughs> he can't see you if you're not moving." Uh, in the novel, several of the survivors take refuge from the raptors in a safari lodge, a guest hotel intended for the park's future visitors. And a portion of the plot is centered around reactivating the lodge security systems, like it is in a movie. I mean, you know, that's where Lex kind of saves the day. This. Uh, a lot of this, however, uh, is amended from the film and replaced with a much smaller scale situation where they're at the visitor center. Uh, the dinosaur species in the novel, there's a lot of them that don't appear in the in the movie, uh, like apatosaurus and, and such, uh, not, are not in the first film at all. And a stegosaurus was there. You can actually see uh, one of the test tubes in the if you freeze frame it. Uh, one of them's labeled the Stegosaurus, but you don't actually see it in that first movie. I think it's in the second one, right? I believe it is. And the Stegosaurus. The Stegosaurus. Yeah, uh, this is the second the, one. Second one. Yeah, yeah. It's one. Of, I think it's one of the first dinosaurs you see on it. I believe. Yeah, like the Lucky Pack thing. When they actually get to the with, island, uh, Sarah Harding. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The survivors in the book are Grant, Sattler, Lex, Tim, Donald, uh, Gennaro, Robert Muldoon, Doctor Harding. And a lot of the workmen. It is implied that Malcolm died. Ian Malcolm died. But in the sequel it is revealed he actually lived. Although he was left with lasting injuries that plagued him for the rest of his life. In the, in the movie the survivors are Grant, Sadler, Lex, Tim, Ian Malcolm, and John Hammond. And in the film Henry Wu and Dr. Harding along with the workmen left before the crisis happened. Because in the movie there's a part where they're telling everybody to leave because there's a big storm coming. Uh, the park's computer systems are updated in the movie. Uh, in the novel, Elliot Sattler comes across a Velociraptor with a genetic mutation that allows it to change it, the color of its skin. And they kind of use that later in one of the Jurassic World movies. Uh, where that one can kind of blend in. It sort of has a chameleon kind of aspect to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the book, Tim is quite skilled in climbing trees, but in the film, uh, it's obvious that he gets stuck in that one tree. <laughs> <laughs> And they got to get them out. 
Uh, man, I remember just feeling so bad for that kid. Everything happened to that poor boy. That he movie. did. He got wrecked. He got wrecked. It, it yeah. created some f- very funny dialogue between uh, between Alan Grant and and, and Tim. Uh, what did you say, Tim? Yeah. The human piece of toast or something like that. And it was like it was almost yeah. heartwarming to see. <laughs> Again, alluding to his character growth, Grant go from I hate kids, couldn't wait to get away from him to here. I'm gonna joke and smile with you and make sure you're okay. It was yeah, it was it was it was fun stuff. And I'm back in the tree again. <laughs> <laughs> so those were just some. There's way more differences between the book and the movie. Of course, the book you know, the movie is an hour and a half to two hours, and the book is got a has a lot more time to kind of develop stuff. Uh, I recommend both. The both books are very good, and both movies are very good. And I know it, to me, it's kind of rare. Usually, one's better than the other, depending on whatever your taste is. Uh, but you know, it's just the movies led to me loving the books. So I recommend both. I will go back and reread some of these sometimes. And I'll go back and watch the movies all the time. So, uh, but that's kind of some of the differences between the book and the movie. Matt, I think it's time for some of your Matt's stats. In the movie Jurassic Park, you will see dinosaurs. But starting Friday at McDonald's, you can have lunch with them. It's called dinosizing. And it's the biggest thing to happen in 65 million years. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Stats portion of Retropop. Happy to bring you some movie stats, information, sales, budgets, all that fun stuff for you. So, let's take a little gander from, uh, obviously, the first Jurassic Park, June 11th, 1993, the movie came out uh, with a production budget of $63 million. So, this was actually had the smallest production budget, as you can probably imagine, of all the movies. Uh, but it honestly did one of the best. <laughs> Isn't that wild to think it's, about, though? Like, $63 million was small. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's insane. Like, yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, $63 million. You know, sports players, some sports players make that over a career and, and this and that. They get that guaranteed money. $63 million to make everything. And, you know, it's... Yeah, unless you're Scotty Pippen, Scottie apparently. Pippen. <laughs> I've been loving that, by the way. Um, opening yeah. weekend, it almost recouped all that with $50 million uh, earned. So, not too shabby. Domestic box office. This is what it made in the... Content or the United States of America, four hundred and two point uh, five million dollars. So they did pretty good, and then worldwide they made over a billion dollars. And I would imagine this includes re-releases and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, Jurassic, I would think so too. It gets re- yeah, it gets re-released a, a few times. times. I know they did a three D version within the last decade. I think I was living in Rochester when that came out. Uh, so it was probably about seven eight years ago when that that happened. Uh, May twenty second, day after my birthday. Uh, 1997, The Lost World Jurassic Park came out. $75 million uh, with a budget. So expanded cast and, and scene and all that good stuff. $72 million. So it almost recouped all that opening weekend again. $72 million um, earning that. Overall, domestic box office, $229 million. And um, across the world, worldwide, it was a lot less than... Uh, it was about four. It was about four million dollars less than the first Jurassic Park. Six hundred eighteen million, six hundred thirty-eight thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars it earned worldwide. And Jurassic Park three, but still a success. Still a success because it Absolute, made its money back absolutely. in then. Absolutely. You know. um, Jurassic Park three, 
$93 million production budget, uh, earned $50 million, $771,645 opening weekend. Domestic box office, a little over $181 million. So it made its, its money back. Uh, and then domestic, or excuse me, across the world, $366 million um, it earned. So still successful. Uh, June 12th, 2015, the new Jurassic World, $215 million budget. Production budget. And I'm sure that's a lot of CGI. Well, it's probably all CGI, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know. If, I don't think they use animatronics anymore. Um, I don't think they so do So it's either. all CGI, and we all know how that is. Um, opening weekend, though, it almost made its keep back. $208,806,270 it made on opening weekend. And it was it was exciting. I think I went opening weekend, too, and I was like, this is awesome. Um yeah. Across the entire, uh, well, the domestic box office for us, $652,270,625. And then across the world, $1,670,400,000 uh, is what it made worldwide. And then the most recent one, Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. They dropped the production budget by quite a bit, actually, in this one. $170 million. $170 million. On opening weekend, it made $148 million. Domestic box office. Domestic box office four hundred seventeen point seven million, and then worldwide one billion. So one billion, one point three billion. So not too shabby. And people want like, well, 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 I was gonna say, well, if you think about it, that that latest movie, while there is a lot of it takes place on the island when it's exploding, which is probably where a lot of the budget went. Uh, most of the movie, if you think about, it, actually just takes place in that one yeah. mansion. Yes, it does. So that, that's it's way more of like a horror film. That's in true. A way. I didn't even think about that. So that's that's a good point. I mean, and it's still it's still paid off. They're still making money on it. So, um, and and, and you know, people always wonder like, what, what, why have the numbers fallen? Why is the interest in it fallen? Um, especially with Jurassic Park one, two, and three. And uh, unfortunately, a, a lot of people seem that and again the the storyline played out the same it was like the same movie just with different characters and and different little things but the overall concept has been the same so uh i mean lost world yeah, yeah there's lost world was like it made sense it, it, i i guess it's it's kind of cool to explore the other island Jurassic Park 3 it was almost the same like the same overall theme going to save somebody which in in lost world they were going to save sarah right Sarah Harding Ian's girlfriend yeah they uh so that's that's kind of what it, it was and honestly I don't think there's that bad you can definitely tell there's a bit of a difference um but they're still really really great movies and I tried to look up some uh some video game stats I couldn't find too much video games merchandise uh this and that but I did want to acknowledge this I found an article from 1994 and granted I know how dated that is uh by 1994, and keep in mind, the movie, this is all just movie merchandise. The movie had only been out for a little over a year. Um, over a billion dollars in merchandise sales. So that is including the video games and the T-shirts and toys. And that's, I mean, that's really the biggest thing. We talked oh, yeah. about this with uh, Ninja Turtles, man. The, the, the big thing is everybody wants to sell toys. They want a big property and they want to sell toys. And the merchandise has from what I've read, far exceeded everything earned from the movies. And, I mean, that's how that's how you want, you know, only the biggest franchises do that. And Jurassic Park has been a lot better at it than I 
think I realized before doing research for this episode. Star Wars, Star, oh, oh, Star Wars, be. Harry Potter. You can uh, you can definitely understand and see where all the the extra lore comes from, but you'd you'd be surprised without how much Jurassic Park has really earned. Um, you know, and and of course when the Jurassic Park. Well, it also makes it, it also makes sense too because with the toys, what kids don't like dinosaurs? Yeah. You know, and they they probably don't even have to see the movies to be like, I want this yeah. dinosaur. I know I'd already seen the movie. But when the toys came out, I was like, uh, I gotta have a Raptor toy. I and it was so cool one. because they yeah. all had the uh, the JP logo on the side, and they all and a lot of them yes. you can take yeah. like a chunk of their skin off, or it had it missing, and it showed the exposed yep. like the rib cage and stuff. Yep. And that was like a signature of those toys, man. It was really really cool. And if you push their head, if you push their head down, like their mouth would open, yep. you see all these teeth. Yeah, I remember the uh, my yep. br- I know I I had a Raptor. I had one of the Raptor ones. It was from Jurassic Park three. We had an Ames around uh, our neighborhood, and those things are long gone. Uh, but we went and shopped there, and, and it was there. Uh, we got it, and it was it was pretty neat. But, uh, yeah, it's just a merchandise monster, and it does very, very well. I'm sure the merchandise helps when you have your own theme park and gift shop, um, theme park oh, yeah. area and gift shop. But the ride does very, very well, and it still has a lot of traffic even after all these years. They were actually, from what I was told, they started working conceptualization on it for like early on, like before the movie came out. And I might have, I might have butted into Did You Know? So I apologize if I did, but um, that thing was well planned, well planned, and it's it's paid off dividends. People just come in droves to that ride every day, and uh, and yeah, so. But that's Matt Stats. That's Matt Stats portion of the show. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? But uh, the board has used the incident to take control of Injun from me. And now it's only a matter of time before this lost world is found and pillaged. Public opinion is the one thing that I can use to preserve it. But in order to rally that kind of support, I need a complete photo record of those animals alive and in their natural habitat. So you went from capitalist to naturalist in just four years. That's that's something. All right, here we go. Uh, I only picked I picked some of the ones that were more interesting to me. There's way more that you can look up on the internet of did you knows for this movie because it's such a huge deal. Um, in Jurassic Park, the CG. Dino- I want to blow your mind on this. In the first Jurassic Park movie, the dinosaurs are actually only on screen for about 14 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Total. <laughs> And of that, uh, the CG dinosaurs were about six minutes. That's crazy. That's mind-blowing. That's crazy. That <laughs> is so insane. Uh, so let's talk about casting real quick. Here are some of the some big names that were kind of considered for different roles in the movie. Harrison Ford uh, was kind of considered for the Alan Grant role, which I love Harrison Ford, but I, I love the Sam Neill. Uh, yeah, Sam Neill. He's pretty cast. good. Yeah, Sam Neill was perfect. Uh, Christina Ritchie was considered for one of the roles, and Sean Connery was also considered uh, for one of the roles. Uh, but I, I gotta say, overall, I think the casting is kind of iconic, and I'm really happy with who they went yeah, with. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure when they got um, their starts, but like when those specific actors got their starts, but it pushed them into superstar. I'm excited, you know, when when I. You know, seen Sam Neill. I was looking for Sam Neill on a bunch of stuff, and he's not like he doesn't have a laundry list of like blockbuster movies. But you know, uh, that girl who played Laura Dern, she was in Star Wars. I was like, oh, that's that's Sadler. 
Jeff Goldblum got a huge start from Jurassic Park, I, I think. I don't know if he appeared in anything before that, but Jurassic Park, I think, blew up. Yeah, I think he was in, like, The Fly. He was in a couple yeah, movies, Yeah, I think I believe, so, but Jurassic but, Park blew uh, him up. And, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. To this day, I'm really sad that I couldn't get that uh, Funko Pop where, like, he's laying, <laughs> his character's laying down and his shirt's open. <laughs> Uh, in 1992, while they were filming the first movie in Hawaii, an actual major hurricane hits Hawaii uh, in real life. And it was actually the most powerful hurricane to ever hit Hawaii in its recorded history. Uh, so it was a humongous deal. And that's really strange and odd because in the movie, uh, what happens? A hurricane hits the island. <laughs> so uh, it actually happened in real life while they were filming it. Uh, the Velociraptor is technically the Utah Raptor. Because uh, the Utah Raptors is a bigger version of the Raptors. Uh, but however, they actually, from what I saw, they actually discovered it kind of after the movie came out. Because one of the famous quotes is, hey, we found that dinosaur, the actual dinosaur that's in that Spielberg movie. Uh, because it was very famously known amongst dinosaur nerds like myself that the Velociraptor is actually quite small. Uh, and the ones in the movie are about the size of people, you know, height-wise. Uh, experts today actually think that the T-Rex more than likely had quite good good vision. <laughs> so just standing still would not have worked against the Tyrannosaurus Rex. He still would have eaten you off that <laughs> toilet. Uh, <laughs> uh, when you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, some of the post-production was actually... This is the one. This is my favorite. This is my last one and my favorite one. So, uh, this was during the time when Spielberg was doing a lot of movies. So his schedule was very tight. And when it came to post-production, he couldn't be there because he needed to start filming Schindler's List. Uh, so, during this time, uh, post-production was actually handled by uh, some guy you may have heard of him called George Lucas. Oh, that guy. Yeah. And if you go back and watch the movie, he gets like a special thanks in the film at some point during the credits. And that's why. Because they actually handled uh, a lot of the post-production after the movie was done. Hmm. They have a cool, yeah. friend. They have a cool friendship. They have a really cool friendship. They do. And they both like helped out with each other's like biggest blockbusters and nobody knows about it. Because uh, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. Spielberg has done some, ha- has had some involvement with the Star Wars films when, when Lucas owned it too. So, um, yeah, what a cool friendship. What a cool friendship. And if you think about it too, like just with uh, pop culture, those two guys, just between them, good gosh, how much... Like, stuff that's vital to us in pop culture now that they have their hands in. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, uh, you know, Jurassic Park. I mean, just those three alone. <laughs> you know, holy cow. I mean, those are um, those are just iconic films for not only me, but I'm sure so many other people. But, yeah, that's your uh, Did You Knows. Matt, I think it's time for us to get into what's the legacy of and their place uh, in, of Jurassic Park in pop culture today. How do you know they're all female? Does somebody yeah. go out in the park and pull up the dinosaur skirts? We control their chromosomes. It's really not that difficult. Yeah. All vertebrate embryos are inherently female anyway. They just require an extra hormone given at the right developmental stage to make them male. We simply deny them that. Deny them that? John, the kind of control you're attempting is, uh, it's not possible. Listen, if there's one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free, it expands to new territories, and it crashes through barriers painfully, maybe even dangerously, but, uh, well, there it is. There it is. 
You're implying that a group composed entirely of female animals will breed? No, I'm, I'm simply saying that life uh, finds a way. They're, they're still making movies <laughs> of it. Yeah. You know, uh, that's... That's pretty easy to see. They And these movies still do quite well, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, people, I think, are always just going to love and be fascinated by dinosaurs to start with. Uh, dinosaurs are pop culture to begin with, in my opinion. Like, when you're a kid, when you first discover dinosaurs, you're like, whoa. And I, to the point where I remember going to a museum when I was on a class trip to Washington, D.C., and they actually had real dinosaur skeletons set up you know, that you could see. And uh, my mind exploded because you can actually see how big they are in comparison to you. Uh, what kind of very cool and a little terrifying at the same time. Uh, yeah, I love dinosaurs forever. So I'm so glad that, to my opinion, these movies will be lasting for a while. Uh, Jurassic Park, I think, even if uh, I think they kind of have the lasting power of Star Wars in a way in that they can go years like they did before and then kind of make a comeback again. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it's one of those franchises that can definitely do that. And that's how you know you have staying power. Everybody knows Jurassic Park. Everybody knows Jurassic World. Uh, everybody knows the Velociraptor. You know, uh, even when they get kind of weird where, like, the T-Rex and the Velociraptor save the day somehow in these newer movies, which is a little strange to me, but I'm not going to lie, I still loved it. Uh, it's 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 going to be around for quite a while, I feel. And I think it'll be a long time before there's a day where... Uh, Jurassic Park, where dinosaurs themselves really just aren't a part of pop culture. They're always going to kind of they be will there. be. Yeah, they've been. I mean, they've been in film before, but pop culture and film and everything before Jurassic Park came out, and they've been in different fe- projects since since it has come out. So, yeah, it's definitely not going away anytime soon. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, I still remember a really old movie where King Kong was fighting a T a T Rex. Yeah. You know. So you like claymation yeah, or so those, dinosaurs, those I weird, think. Yes, yes, those weird, my dad <laughs> yes. references those all the time. Um, yeah, just such strange movies, but yeah, they've always been so cool and, uh, yeah, very, everybody loves, who doesn't like, like dinosaurs? Who doesn't like them? Yeah. They're just, I mean, just really cool looking creatures and we're discovering more about them every day or scientists are, um, like I remember when, uh, first, when I was getting into dinosaurs, like they were all reptiles, and now we know that they're more closely related to birds than reptiles, that type of deal. So, uh, man, what amazing movies these are. What fun movies. They're, these, when you think a blockbuster film, uh, a summer blockbuster, it's these movies or some of the movies I first think of. You know. Yeah, oh, easily, easily. Uh, I mean, Jurassic Park, part of one of the greatest, probably greatest years in pop culture history in 1993. Uh, it, it it's, yeah. it's one of the first things that comes to mind. Yeah, we may do something later on, uh, wink, wink, with the year 1993. <laughs> uh, at least we're thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, 93 was a huge deal for pop culture, you're right. And I can't wait to talk about that. Uh, but Matt, I'm very curious. Do you happen to know what we're going to talk about on the next episode of Retro Pop? Mm, well, he's kind of funny. He's actually pretty funny. Um <laughs> Yes, really, really, really funny. funny. I've been caught in a rabbit hole of watching videos of him for quite some time. He's been in some iconic. He's at iconic stand-up moments. He's played some iconic characters, but uh, we are going to focus on the life and career of one Mr. Don Rickles uh, for our next episode. I know just right up Johnny's alley, and I, I've had a wonderful time, like 
smiling just watching old Don Rickles comedy. And I'm excited to talk about his life and career and, uh, you know, some of his jokes for our, for our in-between, for our transition clips. So I'm really, really excited to get into oh, his, yeah. his career, man. Don Rickles is, was an absolute legend. And, uh, oh, man, so so good, so good. So, yeah, that'll be the next one. Yeah, so thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Please stay safe out there. Uh, and if you're in the, the one of the essential job fields, uh, also, first of all, thank you for what you're doing. And second of all, please be safe as well. Uh, this is Retro Pop. <laughs>